love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story? Or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski, and I am joined by my co-host, Haley Chura, who has had a very interesting week, I think, and I can't wait to talk to you, Haley, and hear all about it because you're not in Minnesota right now. I mean, Montana. (laughs) (laughs) You're never really in Minnesota. (laughs) I know that would be news if I was in Minnesota, but no, I'm not in Montana. And Alyssa, I know the world's like, I mean, I know that it feels like the world turns upside down every couple of days, but my world definitely (laughs) turned upside down because um, I'm, yes, I'm podcasting from Samarin, Slovakia at the ex-Bionic Sphere where uh, head of the Collins Cup. This was this when we recorded last week, this was not on my radar <laughs> to be here. But we were we were talking a lot about the Collins Cup and trying to figure out how it was going to work. And so I guess you just really took it to the next level and decided to get out there, feet on the ground. So you can tell us how right, this is going to yes, work. Because I was like, oh, I just need to go to Slovakia. <laughs> I think it was like after we we recorded and everything, it was I I got an email about being an alternate for the Team USA on the Collins Cup. So to give people who aren't familiar with the Collins Cup, it is a... It's it's a new race put on the professional triathletes organization. It's been in the works for a couple of years now, and it is supposed to put like USA versus international versus Team Europe. So you have six women and six men on each team, and they are selected through rankings. The first four were selected through rankings for rank, highest ranked athletes, and then there are two captains picks. And so we had Taylor Nib on a couple of weeks ago. She was one of the captains picks for Team USA, and um, and then there will be this weekend a race in at the X Bionic Sphere in Samarin, and it's going to be like will be like six different races, right, for the women. So there'll be like six races of three people and going 10 minutes apart. And so you don't, we don't know yet who's, well, as Yalissa and I are recording this, we don't know who's racing whom, but we are going to know. And then our interview today is going to be with Belinda Granger, who is a former pro triathlete, now commentator for the Collins Cup. And we're going to talk to Belinda after the announcement is made about who is racing whom um, in these matchups and what we can expect from the race. But it's Alyssa, the, the energy here is very interesting. I mean, you have, it's just, it's, it's very, um, the X bionic sphere. I mean, you've been to like some of these like European sports resorts where it's like, everyone is all in one place and there's like a pool, there's a track, there's a place to run, there's riding, there's a gym. Um, you eat kind of cafeteria style and everyone's staying here, which is a little bit different than the traditional Iron Man or 70.3 because you actually like see everyone all the time and you're like hanging out and having meals with everyone all the time. <laughs> but it is fun. I remember the the only time I have been somewhere like that was at Club La Santa in uh, Lanzarote and 
it it's fun like it's it starts to feel like kind of i don't know i like the aspect of college where it's like dorms and everyone's together and it's like that kind of thing um but it, it is also a little weird and especially for this race with people like training side by side doing their tune-ups and stuff like that side by side i imagine it's a little bit different but Haley, do we know for the racing okay so people are racing three at a time and so do you would the do like do we know does it only matter how you would do or like how the person does against the people they're racing? And so it doesn't matter how they do against the other races that's going correct. on. Yes. So it's just the head to head. So that's why the matchups and it's like a draft, how they pick who races whom. So it will be like the first round USA might get first pick and then the international team can be like, oh, they picked Taylor Nib. Who do we want to race Taylor Nib? And then they make a pick. And then Europe might make a strategic pick. Like, who do they want to race? You know, if international picked Ellie Salthouse. And then uh, Europe is like, who do we want to race Taylor Nib and Ellie Salthouse? And they pick Daniela Reef. And then the next round, maybe Europe gets to pick first. And so they're like, okay, let's put up Holly Lawrence. And then USA is like, who would be a good match against Holly? So it's kind of, we don't know. Again, I'm just doing hypothetical there. So, uh, I mean, so you could have, you know, you might want, if you have a strong swimmer, you might put another strong swimmer up, or you might be like, no, we want to put a strong runner up. Who's going to come from behind. So it could be exciting racing. And, um, and I mean, everyone here is, is very fast and it is going to be, you know, just, it's fun. It's different. And I think, so the winner of the matchup, it would, it will go to like, the winner would be, you know, team USA. And so maybe I think they would get like, three points. And then the second place might get two points. And I'm not sure this point thing, I might be making it up, but that's like, (laughs) and then third place would get one point. And then I think at the end you add up everything. So who has the most points, USA, Europe, or international. And I think the winner gets like the Collins cup. Like I think there's actually a cup. And then I think the loser, I saw something loser. I shouldn't say that word. Third place gets like the broken spoke. (laughs) <laughs> I actually read that in the athlete guide. I didn't make that part up. <laughs> I don't know what second place gets. <laughs> Just like thanks for being here. <laughs> no, there's a lot of money on the line. Oh, um, you know, it's it's uh you you're getting uh just again, a lot of very big name athletes um, with some women that we've had on the podcast and some that we haven't. So uh, it's going, you know, it's going to be exciting. So my role as an alternate is actually I'm here training um, in case someone gets injured or sick or didn't make the from one of the six women from Team USA didn't make it. Uh, I'm here just in case. And then there is a race on Sunday. The Challenge Championship is here on Sunday. And I am um, planning to race that. So I'll jump into that. So I still get a race out of this because which is, it's kind of nice. And I mean, the reason I took the opportunity was I, I was late night Googling and I was, this was like last week. Um, I was like, I Googled Hawaii COVID (laughs) and it was, things were not looking good. And then like, I think within two days, you know, Kona, but Kona, uh, isn't happening in October. So my, do I I still still do Kona workouts of the week or what what are we doing now? (laughs) It was like our most popular segment was short lived. Should, should we change it to like Collins cup alternate workout of the week for this week at least? And then next week we'll go back because, and so do you have a deadline? Like as alternate, is there like a deadline or like you have to be game ready until like the last possible second in case someone gets like, what if they just get (laughs) I think it is like game ready. No, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't, I, I mean, I assume like it's till I, I don't think I'll be like in my swimsuit standing there just in case. 
someone like <laughs> with like your chip on your leg and like ready what if to someone's go, like, like in the bathroom and like they miss the start and they're like Haley you're in yeah you're in <laughs> the money go. I might do it I probably would stand there in my uh in my kit just like in my swimsuit just like ready to go just in case um yeah so I I I don't know I don't that's a good question <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but um I'll, I'll let you know but the races are okay so it starts at one oh wait but, tell us, but do tell us about ultimate your ultimate workout, workout of the week, of the week. Um, yeah. okay so well this is one the before I knew this was all happening I did a okay seven hour bike ride 120 miles <laughs> which I um it was like one of those okay this was actually like a very big confidence booster ride for me because it's been a long time since I was able to do that like felt like physically I could handle it I could handle it nutritionally it was um I was actually not initially supposed to be seven hours and 120 miles but I was like doing the math at the end and realized I was getting close to a 120 and this is something like I would do in the past a long time ago but I've like you know I've struggled a little bit with my bike volume in recent years and so it was definitely I was like oh my gosh I can hit this so it was like where I added on like I like turned into this neighborhood and went like one mile out one mile back because I was like I can't do 118 and normally I'm not that type of person but it was um I just felt I had the energy that day and I had the, like, I, my hydration was good. My nutrition was good. And I was like, yes, I'm doing it. I can handle like long bike rides again. Um, is a seven hour ride good for a 80 kilometer bike? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so I mean, my no, I mean, bike volume is good. Bike volume is, I feel like riding is riding right like wh whether you're training I do feel like once you're getting into like I mean 80k I guess is I'm just trying to double check my math like here but it's miles? like yeah I mean bike volume is bike volume you know and like it's not it's not gonna hurt you Thanks. I'll say that yeah it was for this free I mean when it's like in. when you think your season is going to go you like you have about a month and a half till your a race and then you find out you have a week and a half until your a race <laughs> It's a little weird. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm doing the like panic taper, I guess. I don't know. So we'll see how this goes. And are there other pros in Samarin for Sunday's race? Like, are they having? Yeah, it's a challenge championship. Oh, so it's pro, like, okay. it's a lot of, okay. there's, it's a big field. Like, it's actually like a pretty big field. I think Lisa Norton announced she's racing. Um, Fenella Langridge is here as like an alternate. Grace Tech is here for, as an alternate for international. So like, I think the three of us who are like the women's alternates, um, are here and then we'll also race. Uh, I think there, it's a pretty big list of, of athletes who are mostly Europeans who are racing the championship. And I, I'm sure like some people are in similar situations to me, like thought they were like Lisa Norton thought she was prepping for Kona. And then it's like, okay, um, you know, where do I go from here? So, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be a great race on Sunday too. Definitely top championship caliber race. And, uh, I, it's, I mean, it's interesting here. We swim in the Danube. So my course, well, the Collins Cup course and the championship course are separate, right? So they are, they're a little bit different. And uh, the Collins Cup is loops on the bike and they're riding on like a brand new highway. It is going to be so fast. They swim in the Danube oh. and then they ride on like a brand new highway. I don't think cars have even like really, like not many cars have driven on it. I think um, it sounds, I think it'll be very exciting. So it's stuff like four loop bike and then I think it's only a one loop run but it's so there and their distances the Collins Cup is I think 2k swim 80k bike 18k run so it adds up to 100 kilometers um I think those are those distances whereas the challenge championship on Sunday 
is the traditional half distance. So a little bit longer, but uh, I heard it's similar to Galveston, Texas, kind of uh, flat and windy and which is, I rode today with Holly Lawrence and uh, it was flat and windy. (laughs) And so I, uh, yeah, it did remind me a little bit of Galveston. And then I think the run, I don't know if it has all the turns that Galveston does (laughs) and um, mixed surfaces, but it's an adventure. I mean, it's an adventure. And Alyssa, I will tell you like booking an international flight during a pandemic when you have like four days notice is, is an adventure as well. I can't believe I made it here. Like I'm, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> and it seems like it was pretty, I think you posted, right. That it was actually pretty painless and like you managed to get there. Okay. And no major hiccups. Yes, along the the hardest part was like, like the pre travel part, definitely. Cause it was like, what do I need? Can, is this possible? Like that was my first time like on, you know, Expedia, like, is this possible to fly from Bozeman to, Slovakia in only four days. And I actually found a great flight. I went through Chicago, flew into Vienna, and then we drove across the border. And um, and I flew in with a bunch of the other Team USA athletes. Like I got to I got to meet Taylor Nib in person and let's see, Chelsea Sidero and Katie Zafiris. And um, so it was I mean, that was kind of fun um to meet like some of the people we've interviewed that I haven't actually met in person. Except we're like all wearing masks and I'm like, hi, I'm Haley. I interviewed you. <laughs> but um and then uh but I did have I got a COVID test just in case. It was like not required if you're vaccinated, but then the PTO did sort of encourage it. And getting a COVID test in Montana is surprisingly hard. <laughs> and um, and so I luckily was able to call my primary care physician and she helped me put in the order. And so I was able to do that and it came back negative. So that gives me some peace of mind going into it. And it just, it was nice to have that. Um, I was ended up just only, I just showed my vaccine card. And so I was surprised. I was very nervous. I was very nervous, but it was actually fairly easy. Like customs in Austria was probably the easiest customs I've ever done in my entire life. So it's, uh, so at least something went well. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. And, um, glad to hear, hopefully the travel coming back will be just as kind of painless for you. Um, I'm a little excited because like in my mind now I'm thinking, what if Haley gets called up to be an alternate and then she's just like decides, well, you know, I'm, I'm training for Ironman, so maybe I'll just race on Sunday too. And you could just do like the back-to-back days of racing. Like that would be amazing. I don't know if they let the people do that. Like, I don't know if the Collins, they're like letting the Collins Cup people race the championship, but maybe they would let me since I was like alternate. I'm like, hey, (laughs) came out here last minute. Um, I know I've never done that before. Like back-to-back races, like back-to-back days. Um, I don't know if I packed enough gels, but (laughs) I could try it. I mean, I'm just winging all of this. And so why not that too? I just, yeah, it's it's definitely a YOLO moment. Well, Haley, I had the, I did get to go spectate Timberman 70.3 this past week. So while you were getting prepared for international travel, I traveled all of like an hour away and got to watch the women's race over at Timberman um, here in New Hampshire. And it was fun. It was fun to get to see the women in action. They put on a really good race and Tamara Jewett was like very fun to watch. I mean, she ran with it literally. 114, um, 114 yeah. half marathon yeah. split. That was um, impressive. Very least. impressive. Um, it was also cool to get to see Marinda Carfrey back in good form racing again. Rinny, she's shown that like she's, she's definitely, I'm sure she was prepping for Kona and, uh, you know, will be pivoting somehow as well, but definitely good to see her back. 
after uh, having her second child. And third place was Heather Jackson. So fresh off of Lake Placid, you know, saw her racing again. Also, big shout out to Nicole Fal Falcaro. Falcaro, 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 <laughs> my brain, it like gave me all of the sayings of how to say your name, Nicole. I'm really sorry about that. Um, Falcaro is the right way, right, Haley? Am I like going I blank think, on this? I don't, I remember you, we asked her about that when we interviewed her, but now you have me second guessing myself. I know. And I, I mean, I've hung out with her in person. I feel like I double checked with her in person too, but Nicole just excuse my brain right now. But, um, anyway, Nicole did a great job. I got to see her racing in sixth place. And I think she said it was her first paycheck from racing since 2018, which is always a really exciting, like big deal reason to celebrate. So I think Nicole's been celebrating a little bit and that was really fun to get to see in person. Um, Congrats. Yeah. I'm glad. What did you think about like spectating a race? Like I, you know, it's, you're not on that side of it that often. Was it, were you just as tired afterwards? Um, not too much. So I brought Ramona with me. And so that limited like how much I was really bouncing around on the course or anything. I think if I didn't have Ramona and left to my own devices, I would have had like my bike and kind of tried to see some more sights on the course. And with Ramona, she was like, yep, I'm going to like keep it things simple. So we didn't walk around too much. Uh, my voice was tired though. I think it was the most I had like been talking in quite a while or cheering and spectating and stuff. I had uh, we had a couple athletes racing and then just seeing some other familiar faces. And thanks to all the podcast listeners, actually, because while we were cheering, there were like a handful of women who would look over and be like, Ramona, nice to see you. And I was like, I mean, she was really excited that people were recognizing her. So that was really fun to hear. So thanks to the listeners for uh, for listening. Oh, that's so fun. That is like the best part of racing. And um, yeah, thanks to that is fun to like meet listeners in person. Like I said, we like, it's fun to meet people we interview in person, but it's also fun to meet people who listen in person. And Haley, so this week, because you're on this world tour right now, we are skipping the mailbag. People can continue to send in questions on anything, life, training, racing, whatever to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. We will open the mailbag up again next week. Um, And we wanted to let our listeners know that one of our favorite podcast sponsors has changed their code. So Noon Hydration is, we have the new updated code for you all is stay feisty, one word with a capital S and a capital F. So stay feisty, still gets you that 30% off as an Iron Women Podcast listener for noon hydration, noonlife.com, you can get all of the good uh, noon sport, noon immunity, noon endurance, podium series, all of that. Um, Haley, what, how did, I guess the noon was with you in travel and that got across the borders all easily too, huh? Yes. Uh, in Europe, they, they definitely let you bring noon in just fine through customs. But I will say traveling with noon is the best. Like I, I have the like vacuum sealed, like the kind of nicer bottle. And that's what I always carry on the plane because it has like the screw on lid. So then I don't like, you know, get germs on like a normal nozzle top. And because, you know, we're all about keeping the germs at bay these days. Um, So I bring like the nice bottle and then you can refill it and then drop like a couple. I put two noon tabs in there usually, and then they just dissolve and it's like delicious and it keeps you hydrated because flying is, I mean, it's so dehydrating, right? And travel. And I think it also helps. I mean, I don't know if it 
this is like non-scientific, but um, helps me with jet lag. Definitely like staying hydrated and kind of like keeping keeping my bodily functions running and just um, and having what fluids that taste delicious helps a lot. And I did bring some noon instant as well, because, you know, in case you get behind, uh, you can kind of jack up those electrolytes. And, uh, and of course I have some for, for racing, but you know, the single, this, I, you know, normally I like the bigger canisters, but the single use like noon endurance is really handy for travel. For sure. For sure. And, um, again, new code stay feisty. And I think guys try not to use like those browser extensions that save, um, codes and stuff when you're using our listener codes, because they just help keep it a little bit more exclusive for listeners. And then we don't have to change them as often. So, um, just keep that in mind when you're supporting our sponsors and we thank you for doing that. Yes. Code stay feisty, capital S capital F. And wait, Alyssa, didn't you do like a event recently for, with a, noon hydration. That's right, Haley. So the feisty team had myself and Vishal Patel, who's the, um, noon hydration kind of, uh, I don't know his official, I could go look, but he kind of has consulted with their athletes on hydration, nutrition, and, um, sorry, the UPS man, if if he's here, if you're here, Ramona barking in the background, there's literally nothing I can do about to stop her. She does not like the UPS truck. Um, but Vishal consults, I've worked with him in the past to kind of fine tune my own nutrition and hydration strategy for racing and training. And so he did a presentation for the feisty team on hydration and the products, how you can use them and things like that. And I chimed in as a feisty team expert, I guess, on how I use hydration. And I gave some personal antidotes and some kind of tips I've seen from just my own racing and training and then coaching people as well. And it was really fun. So anyone on the feisty team, you can still go watch that. And it's, it was recorded and there are expert panels like that often as a perk of being on the feisty team. If anyone's kind of thinking about that as well. Alyssa, wait, did you learn anything, anything new about hydration? So I always learn, I think one of the tips he gave, he, I have to look up in my notes, actually. Maybe I have it right here because I had this notebook out. Um, Ramona really hates the UPS guy, you guys. Um, <laughs> I don't have it in my notes anymore, but he gave a formula for like how to ballpark how much hydration you have every day. And I, I did write it down somewhere in one of my notebooks. I think it was like take your age times it by two and minus 20 or something. It was something more simple than that, but it was something that I think mine came out to 72 and then that's 72 like ounces. The, I think, yeah, like ounces oh. I should be aiming to drink every day. I think that's how it came out. So that was pretty interesting because I always do like sometimes like to have that target, you know, um, just to double check myself on days when I'm like, meh, am I hydrating well or not? So, so that was always interesting. Oh, cool. What was a tip that you gave? Well, so I gave one of these antidotes from when I would coach like triathlon camp with Hillary Biscay and we would be on the pool deck watching people and, you know, camp often will have like a recovery swim or something like that as something after a long day, maybe on the bike or something. So people would be in the pool and Haley, it's like so funny because not funny, but funny where people will do a flip turn, they'll like push off the wall and then they like immediately stop and they're grabbing their like calves and they're cramping, right? And so then we have to like pull these people out of the pool, have them chug noon or like get electrolytes in them as fast as they can because it's like a clear sign, you know, and a lot of people 
come to camp and they do that and they're like oh this happens all the time at home it's normal it's normal it's normal and we're like no 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 like it's not normal it's a good sign that like you need to be hydrating more through your activities and stuff through the day and it's just like it's one of my like every every year at camp when that happens I'm like oh it's cramping time again like these people are just like totally just like unable to function in the pool grabbing their legs and they think it's like all hope is lost they think it's normal they have to live like that and it's like nope you can just have some noon hydration more throughout your exercise and then you'll be fine Oh, good tip. Good tip. Um, cool. Well, again, stay feisty is the code at noonlife.com. <laughs> and um, and thanks to our, our loyal listeners who enjoy 30% off on their noon. And so Haley, we have a fun interview coming up with four people next. It's more of like a conversation probably than an interview. With, I think we haven't done it yet. So I'm kind of trying to predict <laughs> the future. <laughs> But we will be talking tomorrow. You'll be in person with Belinda Granger. And we've had Belinda on the Iron Women podcast way back in the beginning. Belinda's an Iron Woman legend. Her career, um, she had a landmark career as a professional triathlete. But that's actually not what we're bringing her on this time to talk to us about. Um, so I'm really excited about this conversation we have. And we have it. We haven't recorded it yet because we're waiting for those matchups to be announced. Right, Haley? Yes. We want to make sure we bring everyone the most exciting and the uh, best, most up-to-date news. So we are recording this right after we get the net matchup announcements. And we'll have more details on how everyone can watch the Collins Cup uh, from the comfort of their own homes in North America. It is at 1 p.m. Slovakia time. The women are, and it's like... It's like a eight hour time, no, eight hour time difference to mountain time, six hours to Eastern time. So it's an early morning. It's an early morning um, viewing experience for, for people in North America, but could be worth it. And I'm sure there'll be a replay. There's actually an app, Alyssa, there's a Collins Cup app, but we'll have, we'll have more on how to watch and who to watch during our conversation with Belinda. Haley, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician, but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on-demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within a few days. My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com/ironwomen and get started. The Iron Women podcast is grateful to Zelio Skincare for their continued support of the podcast. I'm always excited when I start pulling out the Zelio Sun Barrier more and more because that's a sure sign races are around the corner. And I'm going to be happier than ever using my Zilio's Race Relief Cold Therapy Muscle Gel because it means I actually got to do an in-person race this year. You can get your own Zilio Sun Barrier Race Relief Shower Products and Chamois Cream for 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN at teamzilios.com. Hi, Belinda. Welcome to the Iron Woman podcast. Hello, and very, very good to be here. We are so happy you and I just sat through the 
opening ceremonies for the Collins Cup. And it was incredible. Alyssa was watching at home via the Collins Cup app, and she said it was incredible. Uh, you know, what was your reaction? Well, I made sure I was down the back so that when I was squealing and carrying on like a crazy woman because I was so excited that no one would actually see me and I wouldn't actually interrupt anything. Uh, but I, I reckon I got goosebumps at least three times. That was like nothing I have ever experienced in triathlon. And I've been in this sport for qu- quite some time. Yeah, and that was, it was pretty special. It was so, it was such a good mixture of the history of the sport and the themes of the Collins Cup and coming together and making the sport better for the next generation. I, I mean, I loved it, but we are going to talk more about the matchups that were just announced. Um, but first we did we want to talk about you. So you, um, you're a legend in the sport of triathlon, but what is your role within the PTO and the Collins Cup? That's an interesting question. I, I you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be here for the PTO purely for helping with commentary. So as an expert, in the sport. But as with everything I ever do, I always end up getting my fingers in many pies and I'm, um, I'm here looking after the professional athletes as well, helping Dylan McNeese, who is technically the professional liaison for the PTO. Um, I'm also here for Challenge Family as the, PTO, as the, excuse me, as the professional liaison for them um, and doing the commentary for that race on Sunday. Um, but I'm basically here to do whatever I'm needed to do. And even though I run around like a crazy woman, I actually enjoy every single second of it. It's, it's awesome. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. What I love the most about this event and about what the PTO is bringing to our sport is it's not forgetting where we came from. It's remembering the pioneers of our sport, the people that we are here today because of these people. So the Mark Allens, the, the Karen Smyers, Lisa Bentley, Simon Whitfield, Norman Stadler and Natasha Badman who, you know, paved the way for us. And then, of course, we've got the current best in the world and we've got the up and comings. So it's I love it because it's just it's it's so exciting to have all of them in one in one place for one weekend. And it's yeah, it's really going to be an incredible race. Yeah, it was really cool, Belinda, to see, like you said, like everyone who's been, you know, a part of the history of triathlon and making Ironman, like what it has been and long course racing and specifically, really, I think, right? Um, Yes. To like, to then have them be able to bridge to this new generation of the Taylor Nibs, right? Like the, the people who are coming into the sport and, you know, still learning the historical side of it, I think is just, is really cool and getting to see that via I was watching via the app and that worked seamlessly for me um, here in New Hampshire so I was able to watch it all and experience it all with you which was a really cool thing Um, but Belinda so yesterday Haley and I recorded kind of an intro to this conversation and in that we attempted to give a brief description of the format for Collins Cup Um, but since it's unique I think it's definitely worth repeating especially probably correctly I think we might have gotten a few things wrong or had a few questions along the way so can you kind of Describe for our listeners the race format. So honestly, I must have read it over at least a dozen times on my very, very long flight over here from Australia. And it still took me up until today to actually really understand how how the concept works. And yeah, it, it's going to be very, very unique. And now that we have the matchups, obviously, it, it's making it a lot easier for me to understand. So we have essentially 12 different races happening on the one day um, and they go off in 10-minute increments. So we have race one, they will go off together and it will be obviously Team International versus Team USA versus Team Europe uh, and they will go off first and it will be 
going off in 10-minute increments. So the second race will go off 10 minutes behind, third race 10 minutes behind them again, and so on. The women will be going first. The men will be going second. So we've basically got six women's races and six men's races going on 10 minutes in between each one. And if you win, you get three points. If you come second, you get two points. If you come third, you get one point. But the tricky part, and this is where the strategy came into play when they chose the matchups, is if you win the race and you are able to beat second by two minutes, you get half a point extra. If you beat them by four minutes, you get one point. And then if you beat them by six minutes, you get another, um, you get two points, so two points. So you can actually make, add extra points on. At the same time, if you beat third place by X amount of time, you get extra points as well, up to a maximum of six points. So it's, it sounds really difficult, but when you have it down on paper, it's actually pretty interesting. And the, the good thing about this is we actually won't know the winning team until the last race is finished we we want we, we could have an idea but we won't actually know because it, it does depend on those time differences they make a huge difference in the end that is I'm so glad you went through the point system because I did try to explain that in the intro and I, I did it mostly right but the the time differentials does add a lot of strategy um okay we just learned about the women's matchups so we do want to go through them the six races and the six matchups um, I did write them down while we have them, but let's let's talk about the first one: Daniela Reef versus Taylor Nib versus Teresa Adam. This is Daniela is Team Europe PTO ranked number one. Teresa Adam, Team International PTO ranked number two. Taylor Nib, newcomer, just won a silver medal in the mixed relay in the uh, Olympics, and also you know she's been on a tear lately. She won in Edmonton last weekend, and um, we actually had her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. What do you think about that race? I think it's going to be incredibly exciting just because there is so – when I say so much of the unknown with Taylor Nib, obviously she had a phenomenal first effort at half-distance racing in Boulder where she led for a lot of – a good chunk of the day until obviously Emma Pallant-Brown – overtook her um, and we all know Emma's in scintillating run form at the moment but Taylor has, has just been on a roll and to see how she destroyed the women last week in um, Edmonton on the bike I think she put almost three minutes two minutes 40 something into into the women um, and she she's so lovely when I told her about it, I said you destroyed those women she goes oh, I don't think they were really working that well together I'm like come on sweetheart this was a world you know well grand, um, grand final event she they were trying um the only thing, the only question mark that we have with Taylor is that she is here with her road bike and not a time trial frame. And if it was on any other course, I'd say don't worry about it. But this particular course is built for a time trial bike, particularly when we know that it's been very windy this week and they will encounter wind. Um, 17 kilometres, pancake flat, really super fast surface. So I think that could be of detriment to her, particularly when she's riding into the wind, whereas every other woman here has a time trial frame. Even Katie Seferis has a time trial frame here. So I'm not counting her out by any stretch of the imagination because, you know, honestly, she's so young and she's got nothing to lose here. She's got nothing to prove. This is not her forte. So that can be a dangerous combination. Um, and Teresa Adam, you know, on paper, she's number two. She's We know that she's an incredibly talented athlete. But she comes into this race with a little bit of a question mark over her head because she has been quite ill 
Um, and being in lockdown in New Zealand, because they're, they're currently still in lockdown, and not being able to travel, it's been tough for Australians and New Zealanders. They haven't had a lot of racing opportunities. So if you couple that with the fact that she hasn't been at her best um, health-wise, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, you'd be crazy to go past, past Daniela, though. So this is going to be – I would have to say for this particular matchup, I think Daniela will come through with the goods in the end. Okay, so our second matchup, we have Katie Zafaris uh, from Team US, Paula Finley, and Paula Finley's Team International, and Lucy Charles Barkley from Team Europe. And so that's a crew of really fast swimmers. So that's going to be exciting right from the gun. Isn't it funny to say Paul is probably going to be the last one out of the swim when we know how good Paula is? That just shows you the caliber of this particular matchup. Um, I still, I was, we were arming and arming about this today. I was talking to Torsten Radder about this actually because I said, is there any chance that Katie could stay on Lucy's feet in the swim? And we all know Katie's short course and, and phenomenal, one of the best in the world, and we know that she's a quality swimmer. But Lucy is next level. But it is going to be a wetsuit swim. Um, so I think Lucy's advantage obviously isn't as great. So I still think Lucy will come out with a little bit of a lead over over Katie. Um, but, yeah, Katie's, uh, you know, this is the first time I've actually met Katie face-to-face and I just have to put it out there, what an incredibly gorgeous woman she is. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been told by people how lovely she was, but until you actually get to meet someone, but she's just divine. So lovely, lovely girl. Um, and I can't discount Paula, you know. Who would have picked Paula to win the PTO champs last year in Challenge Daytona, I certainly wouldn't have. So you can never discount Paula. She loves the big time races. I think she performs her best at, at the big events. So I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to catch Lucy if they can catch Lucy. Um, but Lucy just continues to improve. And she, you know, she announced not too long ago she has a new coach, Dan Lorang, who's also Jan Fredino's coach and Annie Haug's coach. And I think he's been doing some pretty incredible things with her in Club La Santa. So again, I'm going with Lucy Charles Barkley. I'm taking all the easy options here, aren't I? Sorry, sorry. I don't, oh, I, I don't mean to. Okay. I, I, I swam two lanes down from Lucy this morning in the pool and she was swimming very fast. Yeah, she's, in, she's incredible. She's, she's incredible. Throw down. Um, uh, moving on to matchup number three, we have Jeannie Metzler from Team International, Annie Haug, who you just mentioned, from Team Europe, Jackie Herring from Team USA. This is the battle of the runners. All these it women is. have had very, very fast run splits recently. What do you think about this match? It's good. I think it's a great matchup. Um, I do really love the strategy. Like These team captains in the Collins Cup really had their, their work cut out for them, and they have utilised everyone and everything that they could to to, mat, to do these matchups the way that they've come out and I'm I'm really excited about them you know I'm just glad Jeannie's here I know she had a little bit of a hiccup trying to get here with passports and obviously um getting visas so that she's already winning but she actually made it here so I'm very happy about that phenomenal runner but also you know strong swimmer and biker as well um Annie yeah Annie's definitely one of the best runners in the world uh, but over both dis- over long distance and over this distance, remembering that the it's only 18k run, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, Jackie Herring, mother, amazing, gutsy uh, athlete. Oh, this is a tough one. I, I feel like I-, I don't want to play it safe and say Annie Haug. Um, I'd like to see there be a little bit of a- an upset, and you know, Nicholas Spirig back in Challenge um, Grand Canaria, I think it was. 
um, no, not challenge Grand Canary, challenge Walsey was able to really out outdo Annie Howe there. Now Annie wasn't at her best, but it was it was a bit of an upset. Nicholas Fury, not really an upset, but what Go we did. I know Fury. it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Only, only, only woman in triathlon that I actually have a girl crush on. I'm just putting it out there right now. Um, but, yeah, I would like to see Jeannie Metzler actually come through. And what I would love to see in this race is Jeannie and Annie going head-to-head for 18 kilometres and it coming down to a sprint finish. That would be perfect. I think this matchup in particular I'm excited for because it is going to show how much, you know, are people using the dynamics of the swim and the bike to play into – how much, you know, are you going to make someone work before they have to then get off and still be a fast true, runner, right? True. Like, exactly. Are they all going to kind of hold back a little bit and think they can hold their own over that 18K run? And will they kind of let each other go maybe, you know, a little quote easier? Although I doubt any of this is going to be racing easy by any stretch of the imagination. So I think those tactics in this race will be fun to watch. I do too. And, you know, everyone everyone thinks, oh, yeah, dead pancake flat bike, dead pancake flat run, it's going to be easy. But, you know, they're not, there's no let up. You are time trialling and you are putting power into the pedals for for 80 kilometres. You stop pedalling, you stop moving forward. And the same in the run. It's And this run is, I actually went out and ran the canal, um, up on the canal there in the Danube, and it's windy. So for half of this run, they will be running into a block headwind. And then, of course, when they make the turn, it'll be it'll be a tailwind. So it, you, you're dead right. And it, I think there's going to be some sting in the legs when they get off after this bike ride. And it's, it's going to show. It's going to show in the run. So it's going to be very interesting. And most of these women, you know, if, well, all of these women are used to having the majority of their season be an experience where they're often racing off the front for a good portion of the day, right? And so... They can kind of, though, play with the fact that if they do get caught at a time, there's a chase pack or someone else, you know, they can kind of play with those dynamics of having that. But this is three people head to head. So it's, you know, I'm it's going to play into that, too. And with a pancake flat course, like you're saying, it's it's going to be different that they're only worrying about these two women right in their their heat, for better or worse, and how they deal with then the pressure on truly from start to finish. But um fourth matchup we'll we'll keep going belinda for you sorry so we have the fourth matchup is holly lawrence from team europe sky munch from team us and ellie salthouse from team international so what do you think of this matchup well firstly everyone was holding their breath for this particular matchup um it's it's actually quite an interesting matchup and poor old sky munch is stuck right sandwiched in the middle of it all um Obviously, there Holly Lawrence and Ellie Salthouse. It, it came out on social media today, or earlier today, I think it was, that there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a hiccup in a world champion seventy point three world championship, uh, where Holly and Ellie had a little bit of a had uh, words. Had, had words. Um, uh, if you go back and have a look uh, on the Collins Cup coverage, you can see that they've actually um, they've told the story. But to um, put it in a nutshell. Uh, Holly, Holly had a little bit of a go at Ellie because Ellie apparently slotted in unfairly um, into into a line into the into the pace line, causing Holly to slam her brakes on. Later in the race, uh, Ellie suffered some mechanicals mechanical problems, and Holly over, was overheard saying, "You know that's karma." Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> we can swear, can't we? Come on. I'm an Aussie. We always swear. So, yeah, that's karma, bitch. And, you know, I loved it because 
far too often the women are too polite. You know, the men seem to get away with it. It's all the men are not afraid to put it out there. And Sam Long, for example, he, he wanted to match up against Yarn because he wants to whoop Yarn's butt. Um, and I just think sometimes the women play it too 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 nicely I had one of my old coach he used to call it the slimy slug fest where you know the the women were all nice and sweet to each other but then with you know on the on the race course you know that's when they'd let them have it so I love the fact that these two women have made it clear that they wanted to race each other because they want to give it they want to give it to each other so I think this is going to be a really great matchup Ellie's in in fantastic shape she's been in the states for a while now training with her coach Siri Lindley um Holly Holly's in good form, but you know Holly's. I, I don't know if she's in the in the greatest form of her life. She was beaten last week at Escape from Alcatraz by um, Emma Pallant Brown, who we know is in scintillating form. Uh, and then you've got Sky Munch that I think she's just letting these two go for it, and and she's just going to stay back there. And when they're when they're in the midst of it, she's just going to run on by. So well, I was going to say that's a good position to be in for Team US in that one. I feel like because the emotions do like it exactly. adds into how you race, yep. right? Yep. And if you can be even keel and kind of watch it unfold and just see your moment, then that's a huge. Huge, huge advantage, I think, for Sky there. And I think Sky is an incredibly intelligent racer. She's she's a strategist, and yeah, she's going to let those two just battle it out front, waste as much energy as they can, and then she's going to pick her opportune moment to just run by. And we know Sky is a quality athlete across all three legs, and particularly great runner. So this is the one I'm going to be hanging out for the most. I have to say. All right, <laughs> number five, we have USA Chelsea Sidero. Internationals Sarah Crowley and Team Europe's Emma Pallant Brown. What do you think about this one? Again, another great race. We've got three women. Um, Chelsea, obviously a new mum, so still coming back, doing exceptionally well. I mean, all of the our our new mums coming back into racing have, have been incredible. I just I don't even understand how they do it. You know, watching Rinnie come back last week and comes and and, and place second in her first race back when I didn't even think she was in a position yet to be back racing but again she she continually fools us all uh and Chelsea's the same so hats off to her and and what I love about Chelsea one of the first things that she asked for when she got here to uh Samarin was could she have a freezer in her room and I'm like what do you need a freezer for we'll get you a fridge she goes no I need a freezer because she wants to freeze her breast milk so that she can get it transported back home for her for her baby and I'm like this is what a cool world we live in that we can even do this these days um, and what an amazing mother she is. So Chelsea, I've, you know, I've got so much respect for these, these new mothers. They're just incredible. Um, Sarah Crowley, you know, she's had a tough time of it in the last uh, year and a bit, um, separated from her husband, which was, you know, a lot of people don't know this story and they, I don't think they know because Sarah doesn't like to wear, doesn't like to show her emotions, doesn't like to sh- show anyone that she's got issues going on in her personal life and I think she handles her little circle incredibly well but she went through a really tough period where she did have that breakup um and so you know it showed in her form she didn't have the race that we know she's capable of in Daytona and it's been a long hard slog back but I think she's finally in a headspace physically uh, mentally in a, in a great headspace and physically in a great place she looks a lot fitter now than what I've seen her in the in the last say 12 months and she's really hungry to be back where she was. And then, of course, what do I say about Emma Pallant-Brown? I mean, my God, the girl is on fire right now. Um, she just looks incredible. She's – and her run, I could watch that woman run all day. She she really is 
fantastic and she's improved her swim and bike as well. So that race, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to beat Emma. Very difficult. And our last matchup that we have, Belinda, we have Carrie Lester from Team International, Kat Matthews from Team Europe, and Jocelyn McCauley with Team US. And again, another new mum, baby here with her, husband's with her. She came into she came into the pro briefing today with a baby because you know I, um, her, I don't know where her husband was at the time, but she's like she goes oh I'm not sure. I said right, push come in with the baby, no, please. This is awesome. Um, and yeah, was in the pro briefing with her baby until the husband came and actually um, relieved her from her duties. From but it was just yeah, she's an incredible woman, phenomenal athlete. Cat uh, Matthews as str- strong as a, as a bull. And Kari Lester, oldest woman in the field, woman in the field. Uh, not that she's going to let that stop her. Just winning, you know, the undoubtedly the hardest long distance race in the world. Ember Man winning it for I think fourth time, which is just yeah crazy, crazy to think. Um, so I think this is actually going to be a really close matchup, probably closer than any of the others that we've spoken about. To be honest, I. I really don't know. I actually, I'm going to have to think about this one a little bit longer. I don't know who I'm going to choose to win for this particular race because I think it could be that close. I also think this is another race where these women are are tactical racers, right? They're using, yes. they're like thinking more strategy a little bit. You can kind of see that in how they've raced in past races. They're not necessarily going to go out from the gun, like, you know, guns blazing. They're going to kind of see, I think, feel each other out maybe a little bit more. Um, Jocelyn did race last weekend, right? Mm, in, uh, she did, yeah. Ironman. And remind me where that was that we were watching her Finland. race. Finland. Finland. Finland, yes. So, um, you know, I think she's the only one on the women's side, right? Her and Lionel on the men's Lionel side, I guess, exactly. race Ironman. Yeah, so true. that'll be interesting too. And, and you know, Jocelyn had older 70.3 in her legs the week before that so um it'll be you know not to say she can't do it she has no, that, but it could not be edge off. that yep. will, it could yep. not be edge off yeah and she she knew she was in good form to be here and race hard and there's one thing about jocelyn is like you know she'll be there to race when she's called up to race so i i think that'll be a really fun kind of tail end of the women's matches to be pulling like we'll be yeah waiting to see how they do to seal the the women's points and I, I truly believe with this particular race, because they're all strong swimmers, they're all strong bike riders, and it will come down. This one will come down to the run. And you're right. Um, Kari's got Embra Man in her legs. Jocelyn's got Finland in her legs. Cap Matthews is the only one that's fresh. And that could be, you know, the, the missing piece that, the, that, that she'll have to actually get across the line in first. And Belinda, I think, okay, one of the races, the athletes will be mic'd up. Is that right? So we they will choose. We should know that. I'll be able to find that out pretty shortly. But there will be one women's team, um, sorry, women's race matchup that will have pretty similar to the Tour de France where they'll have a microphone attached to the strap on their helmet um, and they will be able to communicate with their team captains and they will be talking back and forth. And so they will be given information um from their team captains that none of the others will be getting, none of the other race matchups will be getting. So, for example, let's say it is this last this race, Cat Matthews may have a one-minute lead on the bike going into T2, um, and she will be told that. She will know exactly what lead she's got. Similarly, uh, Kari Lester, you know, she might be down 45 seconds. She will know that. She will, So she'll know what she needs to do on the run to get back up there in the game, whereas none of the other matchups will have that. So that's going to add another dimension to the race and, it, and it'll be really interesting to see how that affects the race positively affects the race 
And Belinda, there is the course set up for spectators in the sense that I know some of the athletes have partners there and, and, you know, others who are well-versed enough in triathlon to be giving splits and time gaps and things like that is, are, will spectators be allowed on the course to give that information outside of this mic feature? They will, but the run, uh, excuse me, the bike course here is actually on a brand new highway that literally hasn't even been handed over to the Slovak gov- government. So it, it's actually um, joining Hungary and Slovakia. So it's from, yeah, the, the freeway go, or the highway goes from Hungary all the way to Slovakia. It's literally just been finished. So it, it's unbelievable that we've even been able to shut this, this particular highway down. And so there'll, there'll be no spectators out on the course. And, and that's where majority of the bike will be. The run course is one big 18K loop. And as I said, a lot of it goes along the Danube. So it's, it's on uh, along the side of the canal. So yes, spectators and partners will be able to get out there on the course and they will be able to get round the course quite easily and give out splits. So the same rules apply that apply to all races as long as they are standing still um, and they give splits while they are standing still, uh, stationary, then, yeah, it, and that's going to be interesting because not all the athletes here have, have um, partners or coaches or, or friends to do that. So, you know, it could be an advantage for some and not for others, but, again, could play, it could definitely make a difference. But since it is a team event, you know, I'm thinking of, like, exactly. Katie and Tommy, right? So yes, Tommy, exactly. it, would, it would behoove Tommy to keep Katie splits, but, hey, also help Team US and some of the other races where he knows there might head. not be. And oh. that's the biggest difference. We're so used to triathlon being such an individual sport. Like we keep, even I have to keep reminding myself. We have to, and you're right. Someone like Tommy Severus could be out there, um, not only pushing Katie along, but pushing every one of the Team USA um, athletes along and getting them to up their game. And as I said, seconds, well, not seconds, but minutes make a difference. They really make a difference here. So it's not like Katie gets to the front of the race and thinks, oh well, I can just shut it down now. I'm going to win this race. She has to race to the finish line because every you know, 30 seconds, one minute counts. Okay. And our listeners are always very interested in prize money and the Collins Cup boasts the biggest prize purse in triathlon history at $1.5 million, but it's being paid based on pre-race PTO rankings rather than actual finish place. So for example, Daniela Reef, number one, she's going to take home $90,000 for her race and a lower ranked athlete such as uh, Team USA captain's pick Katie Zagiris, who's unranked will pay, be paid $20,000, so even if she wins. So do you think that the predetermined prize money could change the race dynamics? You know, I would say in maybe normally yes, um, but I think pride's on the line here. And you know as well as I do, I, I know when I used to play team sports when I was younger, I hated letting my team down. So I would always go that little bit harder because I just didn't want to be that person that let the team down. I would give give everything and then some. And I think we're going to find that that's going to be the case on the weekend, that I don't think anyone's just, even someone like Lionel Sanders, who, you know, I've seen him walking around. I know Lionel always looks a bit shoddy when he walks around, <laughs> but I've, I saw him when he first arrived here and I could tell he'd just done an Ironman. He was limping um, like we all do after we've finished a long distance race. But I know for a fact that he will give everything and then some um, because he, for whatever money he's getting, I don't even think that's going to come into the equation for, for, for any of them. I think they just want to do the very best that they can do for their team um, to enable them to, to, to win overall. So the prize money is definitely nice. In fact, it's incredible. And I wish we had it when I was, we were racing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's incredible to think that the, the lowest prize money that you can make in this race is 20,000 US dollars. 
um, when, where, whereas the highest is 90. Um, you know, sixth place, uh, sixth is, sixth ranked is 50,000. Um, so unbelievable prize money and, you know, hats off to the PTO for making this possible. Yeah. And I do think that it's, it's enough of a shift from what triathletes are used to seeing in racing, right? That there's a sense of let's keep this around. We want this to be happening again for years to come. Let's race our butts off, make these good races, not like sandbag things. Right. So, and I was getting goosebumps too, when you were answering the other question about the team dynamics and stuff too. So I do think we all as athletes have that sense of like camaraderie and wanting to you know, work our butts off for the sake of of our teams. Yeah. Um, So Belinda, what do you, you, you know, you talked about all the hats you're wearing out there, but I believe on Saturday you're, you know, in the commentating booth, but what's that going to look like for you? What is your day? How is it going to unfold? Are you mobile or are they like projecting the race for you to follow and you stay in a booth somewhere? How's that working? So honestly, I've worked on quite a few now incredible productions uh, the best one obviously being the pto champs last year in daytona which blew me away but what we're getting in this race is it's like the pto champs on steroids uh the amount of cameras they've got out there both stationary and moving um this is a production like i've never been a part of uh and money has been no object so uh it's i'm actually very excited i don't even think i can truly understand just what a big production it's going to be on Saturday. I will be in a booth. Um, Phil Liggett is the anchor, so he will be up in the booth all day. And then we will be rotating. So myself, Barry Shepley, Greg Bennett and Vicky Holland will be rotating in and out of the studio um, depending on what races are going on and where we're at. And we want to keep it interesting. Instead of us staying in the booth all day long, we will continually um, rotate in and out. And then on the ground, um, we've got two expert commentators, um, Charlie and Alex. Alex was the, the, the guy who was um, emceeing the opening then. Awesome guy. Very, very experienced. Um, has emceed many Olympic games for the for the UK for Great Britain um the same as as Charlie she's done the same really really experienced commentators and sports commentators so I think the team that they've got here um covers all bases so it's gonna it's gonna be great but I I think majority of the day I will be in and out of the studio um but yeah it it really is going to be truly top level coverage Okay, and the women start at 1 p.m. Slovakian time, which is 7 a.m. in the East Coast of the U.S. Uh, What is that? 3 a.m. Pacific, so... No, 4 a.m. Pacific, my math there. 4 a.m. Pacific, so it's a little bit early, but... And most of our listeners are probably in North America, but... What is the best way for them to watch? I think it's the app. The app, right? I've I've even downloaded the app, and and for me, I think it's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and and I mean that's what that's what you were on today, Alyssa, for the opening. Yep, you, yeah, yeah. It was really easy. You do have to make an account, so download it with like enough time to make yourself the account, and it you know that's all easy and straightforward. But that's the extra step with the app, and then you log in, and it's very easy access. It seems. Yeah. I, I I definitely believe that's the easiest way to do it. Great. I think that was, yeah, that was one of the first apps I've ever really downloaded. If I'm being, you know, I have like the Ironman tracker, but then like whenever races have apps, I'm like, oh, another app. But this one, I was like, oh, I'll definitely use this. Like, this is actually nice. It's a good one. (laughs) I heard that I had a friend text and say that actually, like, if you are, if you're not, if you're not in one of those time zones I just mentioned, I think the app actually tells you which time zone. 
Oh, perfect. It is for you. For it does. Husband. Yeah. Oh. Yep. They gave it to me in Eastern time. So it was very helpful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Very cool app. So hopefully all of our listeners do tune in. It sounds like it's worth it. Even if it is the middle of the night, very early morning, it's going to be a production like no other. But thank you so much, Belinda. Thank it's you. been great to catch uh, up. And I good loved luck it. to you commentating. And one last thing, because Haley here is obviously racing the next day at in the championship, which I'm excited about. And that will also be live coverage um, on Facebook. So Great. look it up. It's a challenge found with the championship. And so we can see Hayley oh, smashing, yes. smashing it. <laughs> absolutely yes. smashing it. And that's actually going to be, that's actually a great race. It's got some great women racing. Um, uh, Lisa Norton, yourself, Fenella Langridge. Uh, Grace Tech. Grace Tech. Yeah, it's, it's a really good field and it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting race too. My money's on Haley for Sunday. I'm excited to watch that too. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I'm Haley's panic tapering. <laughs> Better panic taper than panic train, which is what yeah. some people would do. So exactly. I'm still, yeah, it's still taper. Yeah, I'm it's good. so inspired after watching Saturday. Who knows what might happen? True. I, I, yeah, you'll grow wings. I promise. Great. Well, thank you so much, Belinda. Thank you. It was wonderful. You, you women doing an, an amazing job and it, it's actually my honor to be on this show. So thank you. The Iron Women Podcast wants to give a huge shout out to Orca Sportswear for their continued support in 2021. As someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. Okay, Haley, I'm like super excited now to be watching this on Saturday. I plan, I'm actually going to mountain bike camp this weekend, but I'm going to have the app open on my drive there. And I think I'll get to see most of the first few races. And then uh, I think you'll be able to watch through the app, you know, what I miss. So I'll catch up on that and I won't have my phone open to like spoil it for me on Saturday because I'm super excited now after talking to Belinda and Haley, normally I'd be asking you your picks and we'd be going through that for each other, but there's a fantasy element, like fantasy triathlon going on too that we have to enter. So I'm not sure if we want to share our picks, right? Right. No, we need to keep our picks secret because the prizes are really good. Did, have you logged in? And like, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit unclear on like how fantasy works, but I'm guessing we just make our picks, right? And then it's like you get, and we get points based on how many you get correct. And then the winners get like legit good prizes. Yeah, I think that's the basic gist of it. I wasn't paying much attention. And then Matt sent it to me the other day. and was like, we definitely have to enter because we want to win one of these prizes, like the Wahoo bike or the, the like fancy watches or like the trip to Slovakia. I mean, there's like really good prizes here, guys. We have to definitely enter and then I'll have my proof of my pick. So then when I win, I'll be able to be like here's my fancy watch as proof that I had the best picks better than Haley's. I know. Sometimes, <laughs> Alyssa, sometimes our picks aren't always right, but I hope that this time they are so that we actually win something. But any, all of our listeners, yes, definitely check out. Is the fantasy, is the fantasy thing part of the app or is it separate? Uh, I think it's, I didn't see it in the app, but I didn't look that well, but it's probably it's on the website. So, I do think yeah, it's on it's the Collins Cup website. So we'll yeah. put that in the show notes and definitely, uh, hope everyone can check it out on Saturday. It's going to be, it's going to be so fun. I mean, I'm so excited. I get to watch it. I know. I think this has definitely paid off having you fly across the world to get to do this podcast there in person. I'm super excited for that. And Haley, one more thing. My brain wasn't working yesterday when we were recording our intro and Nicole Falcaro 
which is the correct pronunciation of her last name, I've come to discover, even though she doesn't mind either. Um, but she was actually seventh in Timberman this last weekend. So sorry to Lisa. Lisa was sixth. Nicole was seventh. Um, I had those these all like mixed up in my head for the intro. So I just did want to make Fair sure make, make sure I'm keeping myself straight. It's all good. It's all good. Well, congrats to them. And um, Alyssa, have fun at mountain bike camp. And can't wait to update you next week on, on everything that has happened in Slovakia. I mean, we'll, this will be a fun recap show next week. Yes, Haley, don't spectate too hard because you have a big race on Sunday. So I'll be cheering for don't you. Don't remind then. me. I know. This is, and... this is a very interesting pre-race. I've, I've never done a pre-race <laughs> quite like this. And well, I'm feeling a little unprepared, but you know, it's not my first rodeo. So we'll see how it goes. And like I said, maybe I will be inspired. Exactly. So have fun, race hard, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, Alyssa. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.